when men think it's easier for women to grow their business on social media because they can just show, show off their, their looks, looks. Yeah. yeah so they can just grab attention via their looks which ha- which is a huge misconception even if that's happening it's because of the men only this is the first time that i'm telling the story hello there and welcome to whips and chains an individual can be sold innumerable times what are the whips that we flog ourselves with often i discovered cancer i had breast cancer and what are the chains that bind us down phir maine youtube pe dekha ki female feticide hota kaise is something i want to explore in my show they're orphans it's okay it's okay गर्दन निकलती है बाकी हिस्सा ऐसे ऐसे करके निकलता है यार इतना बड़ा पाप होता है अपने गांव में इट्स हॉरिफिक समबडी पास्ट मी बाय एंड हिट माय बम ही डिड हैव अ पर्सनालिटी डिसऑर्डर कई बार मैं सो ही नहीं सका ऑल द ट्रैफिकर्स दैट आई हैव सीन दे आर कॉमन पीपल लाइक यू एंड मी शी सेड कंदा तू दे बटा पुत्र तू इफ यू टॉक अबाउट ह्यूमन ट्रैफिकिंग इट्स अ बिलियन डॉलर बिजनेस देयर वाज अ लॉट ऑफ वायलेंस अ लॉट ऑफ एग्रेशन बड़े-बड़े पुल बना दोगे उनसे ह्यूमैनिटी तो नहीं बनने वाली and welcome to whips and chains hello there and welcome to whips and chains the show where we create a safe space to talk about all the difficult things that society asks us to shush today i am very happy to have with me yashita and megha two very enterprising young women entrepreneurs who are going to tell me about their journey and their evolution as young women trying to run a business in a very misogynist india <laughs> so welcome yashita and very happy to have you mega thank you so much and, thank you and uh, it's um, it's really very exciting for me to see you know young women who are doing so well and who are so clear headed about what they want to do and how they want to do it so um you know we will start right from the very beginning and so let's start with your childhood tell me a bit uh childhood yeah okay so i think i grew up in a very happy go lucky family we are a nuclear family me my brother younger brother and my parents uh initially we lived with our grandparents but then no more i have i've been born and born and brought up in delhi my parents are uh, initially from haryana so i think they do bring a lot of their mindsets from their ancestral places so i have been brought up in sort of a strict household so basically not a lot of freedom were given to the girls or the women in the family not a lot of them used to go out a lot not dating was a taboo altogether right so i have had that uh, rebellious teenage sort of a life which i grew up at home <laughs> fighting with my mother <laughs> to go out okay. every instance yeah okay and what about you mega uh, so yeah like uh, similarly i was also born and brought up in a in a full fledged family with my grandparents my parents i have an older brother um however the whole family had i wouldn't call them stereotype but you know most of my family have been known to be uh, very good in academics so there was always this pressure my dadaji uh, was an is 
and uh, my grandmom was a PhD of her times. Uh, you know, my father an attorney, my older brother an attorney. So there always have been a pressure of you know, you know, of performance, of of doing good, and and probably choosing a career which is also similar to maybe an IS or a medical field or an attorney, and which I totally did not get into <laughs> here <laughs> in the startup industry. Yeah. So yeah. um, you know, when you were young um tell me some of the you know when you when you're growing up as a child what were the kind of uh role models that were conveyed to you for women that how should a uh, woman be or you know growing up uh, what 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 did uh, you know your parents teach you to aspire to I think uh, growing up my parents themselves didn't have a lot of education they're both like school pass outs so my father runs his own business and we are doing well touchwood so i think my parents really wanted me to study really well so that was one of the aims that they were aiming for me okay uh, you should either do engineering or you should be a ca or something like that so that you can do well in the future i think that was the whole idea and the overall values aspiration that okay uh, in terms of family values and all of that always the mother that you know you should always be like your mother the things that you're being taught inside the family you should follow those values the way the culture goes and how we are uh, upbringing the whole upbringing i think that was all that we were taught to do so the overall role model would be my mother herself and what about you well i think i have been pretty lucky uh, since i have mentioned my grandmom was yeah. a phd of her times and during her times she was married at a very early age i think it was probably 10 maybe because you wow. know they these folks were born yes. before independence right. and those they were like child marriages and other thing and there was a thing for women of um, you know being in the family looking after the kids but i think my grandfather had been a man who was always ahead of his times and yeah. he made sure that my grandmom not just completes her college but her uh, you know phd, PhD oh, and so become cool. a professor literature of literature later ahead of the department who actually wrote her books so i think that has been uh, quite inspiring for me but i also saw that there was always a certain kind of expectations from women of of balancing things which has been in case of my grandmom because she was not only a great uh, career woman but she was also great at uh, her responsibilities towards her family so that has been an ideal uh, for me like definitely a role model so um in terms of your own uh you know dream or aspiration as a child what was it growing up or who inspired you you know what what was it that yeah, you i think uh, thought of? personally for myself growing up i was always a creative child so like i had colors and paints lying around the house all the time even when my mom scolded me for it because she was like you should focus more on studies rather than in painting and all of that but i was always a creative child in school i was always in all the extracurriculars and all the competitions and all of that some role models would be the art teachers in school or some painters maybe i looked up to at that time but uh, just initially totally into creativity and that's what i wanted to go towards i think towards my uh, high school when i was stepping into high school uh, my parents uh, Uh, decided for me or i don't know made a decision with me that mm. i should pursue 
non-medical, so science, so that I can have a better career. So maybe okay. an engineer or like a CA <laughs> or something similar. I think we did like a call with someone who is very well educated in our family and they were like, yeah, yeah, go for non-medical. That's the best route. You'll have plenty of options after that, right? Mm. But in my head, I knew I'm not a studious person. Although I did score uh, well enough marks, but I wasn't a studious person. I wanted to go into something creative. So I think that's when I pushed them after I had opted for science that, okay, I will study this, but after school, I'm not going to pursue it further. So I had to make them understand there were a lot of, you know, talks in the house. And that's how they eventually understood that, okay, she wants to do what she is going to do. Yeah. And then I was able to pursue a creative career. And what about you? Okay, so I have been fancy, like um, in this in the sense that I love music, I love dancing, and I love this whole glamour part. So Rihanna, J Lo, Beyonce, talk about them, the yeah. whole energy, the vibe. So I'm not in that industry now, but uh, now, or I mean, I, I mean, if I had a chance, I would have. But uh, but I think the whole journey paved the way towards entrepreneurship. But I still pursue these hobbies outside, like I I dance. I'm very much a fitness freak. I I do my workouts. I swim. I'm a swimmer, of course. I love that. Yeah. So and you're also into martial arts, right? I, yes, because it's I think it's so important for women to know self defense yes. and. And uh, kick some asses, definitely, <laughs> if it's needed. <laughs> so, yes, I totally do that as yeah. well. So, um, so when you were young, Megha, you, were, you used to sing and perform. Is there a time that you kind of said that I would like to be a performer and your family supported you or pulled you back? Is there ever any sort of indication of, you know, of that? Sure. See, the thing is that in India, maybe sometimes these professions are not seen as very respectful because yeah. maybe because of the industry norms or the kind of struggles these women go you know under so yeah but in my family i i have been a performer like i remember not you only are. in <laughs> you are a performer yeah and, and in school they were they always encouraged me in my school in in outside school in the classes and even at home you know when there is a family get together yeah. you know how kids would like to just yeah. give, give some act but i never mentioned this in front of my family because deep down i knew that there are certain expectations out of me and uh, you know we India is a land of culture we I'm not saying that my family is old-fashioned even though old-fashioned is is not bad sometimes yeah. when it, it talks about your tradition and cultures but I personally feel that um, if I would have talked about it to my parents I'm really not sure what would have been their response, response. Uh, but I did not do that because deep down we as kids already know our family and we yes Yes. So maybe I was you not very... You know the boundaries. Boundaries, and, yes. And somehow I think women are very subliminally, the message is conveyed to them in, you yeah. know, ye hai. And yeah. also, uh, Nivedita, even now, as an entrepreneur now who runs her own agency, now I also feel there's a stereotype in the industry of how a woman should dress or yeah. conduct herself or, you know, she cannot, she's not allowed to look like a model 
yes uh, you know yeah. if you yes. are in the industry probably and yes. if like for example sometimes if i i really t- like to take care of myself and uh, you know some people and i have been asked so much about would you want to go for this shoot are you are you modeling and yes. i said no i'm not and who says that entrepreneurs cannot, cannot look like look models yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah where's so, the rule yeah where's the rule like exactly. where's the rule and also i think there is a stereotype against women that if you are serious about your work yeah. then you cannot be serious about your appearance yeah exactly you know, there absolutely is, I there is, that goes hand in hand right yes. yeah. so totally. you have to look a certain way to be taken seriously attractive but not too attractive yeah. you know and certainly your sexuality must be very very <laughs> repressed yeah. you know sure. so, so yeah yeah so today i'm wearing this ted baker dress and well. before coming to the studio i was thinking what should i wear i mean should i just go for a proper you know a sober trouser no, or maybe no. a very shirt very good yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then i thought oh, let's be vibrant it's yes. a show of nivedta and <laughs> yeah. i love her style already so just let's go wild about it very good very good i'm glad you thought that because this is really the place where you know you need to be able to express yourself freely and represent exactly who you are and how you are right so um okay so you know what what i found in my evolution you know when i was you know a teenager and then you know a young woman that women get categorized in in terms of how they are viewed as either the virgin or the whore or the mother right yeah, yeah. so there are these three distinct categories uh, that you know the male lens or the patriarchal lens views you through so you know when you are virgin you are highly sort of uh, desirable but then your the standards that you are held to are extremely high okay yeah. they are sort of uh, you know so there are certain things you can do so all the rakhi sisters a kind of fall in in that category and there's you're desirable but not accessible yeah. right um when you are whore then you are open for all kinds of uh, you know sort of access and also assault yeah and there is a message that you are asking for it yeah uh when you become the mother then you are no longer desirable uh you are accessible <laughs> but you become a nag oh gosh right mm-hmm. so where have you also encountered these kind of stereotypes and what do you feel about you know what has your experience been with them i think uh, there has been a few when we step into the online dating world i think so there has been a lot of Uh, ups and downs when we try to traverse through the online dating world there are a lot of men who are just hoping to you know get laid and yes. then there might be a few who might be genuine who might be looking for something nice i have tried a few things here and there but none of the times have i found something which is nice which is meaningful i always end up you know going off of it because of this i think conception that has been created that okay dating apps are just for having sex okay so only you know women who are looking for sex are going on dating apps right yeah. so, so this is a misconception yeah exactly because that is not true exactly. that, that you're just using dating apps to look for sex exactly right? i have had friends who have actually found really good 
relationships and are now actually getting married to those men who they found on dating apps and they have had fulfilling relationships with those men so i aspire to find someone to find similarly someone. but whenever i go on there it's just disgusting men on there <laughs> it's just disgusting absolutely what about you well vedita a uh, good question though i i liked how you framed it <laughs> uh, see there always have been a stereotype and regardless of your place position or age in the society women have always faced these kind of trouble i'll take example of workplace sometimes uh, you are over friendly sometimes you are too proud you are arrogant or have an attitude if you have boundaries so there is no certain answer to me uh, to this according to me i personally feel that yes um as women we always feel and face these kind of uh, prejudice bias and uh, and and uh, circumstances but i feel that it has to do with a person's mentality like i always tell this to myself that it's the, it's your problem dude it's not my problem if if you think i am talking to you nicely and this is very inviting for you then that, there is something really really wrong with the kind of mindset you are carrying and it does happen at workplace also because as women entrepreneurs as the ceos we are in the position of leadership we have to go there embrace leadership talk about work and maybe sometimes go to places which which is very much reserved for men men, men. male dominated yeah. yeah so there's this whole male stereotype a whole male tribe mentality and when a woman is seen doing all these things then like nivedita uh, captioned rightly that they are labeled as available or yeah. or maybe someone you know he's yeah. easily accessible probably and they yes. can have a chance with them and when it comes to that it doesn't matter whether you are dealing with a man who is much older than you or your age or younger or or maybe married or not people just go for for that so yeah. i think that's very unfortunate so um can you can you tell me something some kinds of incidents that have happened can you recount something where you really felt that you know in the space of entrepreneurship this is really unfortunate that this um kind of sexist uh, you know yeah. episode yeah i think uh, i have had a couple encounters with like uh my male clients so i have had to work with like male and female clients or work remotely so all of my dealings are via virtual meetings and or calls and you actually do brand design yes, right yes exactly so you, i'm yeah. a brand designer so i yeah. do brand identity design work and packaging design work for brands so basically i think i have had one uh, encounter in which the person on the other end is a guy who's running a very well known brand or whatever but they don't see me as an expert or as a professional they just see me as another person working for them or as an employee i'm not given the equal amount of respect they would give to someone else maybe a guy, guy. who's working for them so i have had been treated really badly by that person so there has been like okay uh, i'm on a call with them and then they'll just be talking over me to someone else okay just bring me the food i'm very hungry yeah. so i'm on the other end waiting yeah. that okay right. you have called me and they'll call me any time of the day 
I have my working hours, you know. Yes. I have specified everything. They won't respect that. They won't respect the terms of the work that we have discussed or any of it. And at the end of the day, if I refuse that, okay, I am not comfortable with this. Uh, let's just send this here, and I'll recommend you to other people who can help you out to finish the work. Then they're like, it's not un, it's not fair. You are yeah. being unfair to me. You are not providing the service and all of that. Hmm. When the fault is at their end as well like a huge so fault. there is this narrative of trying to place all the blame on the woman exactly who's actually doing the job exactly and and, and, so and i think there is the most uh, annoying thing is the respect factor that we don't get the equal respect that we actually command that okay i am at a position that i'm providing a service that an expert provides right? right so i'm helping you build your brand so you should be communicating with me with the same respect that you communicate with your other male peers yeah. but we don't get that in some cases so yeah. that's unfortunate i think what about you megha what do you feel so, about this sure um see power money and position is sometimes get tricky when men exploit uh yeah. you know the resources they have and i think during my entire career and even now it happens you know men use these as baits they like to show you a lot of favor they like to and this is how they approach you that okay i can get this for you i can do this for you but now i know cuz i i understand these men and their intentions behind it that these are just baits and probably their intentions are entirely something else yeah. so i think as as women we have to be very much um alert about these things and maybe find our own voice convey our it's so important to communicate your value exactly. and uh, build strong relationships that are beyond these kind of superficial offers exactly. and find right people i'm not saying that the whole industry is full of those kind of people but of course i have made great people mentors colleagues who have been so nice i can just uh, i know that if even if it's late at night they can drop me home and i'll be safe with them uh, but yes like you said uh, there are a lot of men uh, otherwise who would like to take advantage of just because you're young and in the industry you're keen to grow which i feel is highly unethical so um what what is the thing in you that decided to transition because i know you were working earlier yeah. both of you were working in fact yeah. and you decided to make this transition from a regular job to yeah. entrepreneurship so what was that turning point i think when i got into this creative side of things i always knew that while i would be in the job the pay would be limited so i think that was one of the factors that i always wanted to scale higher i always had this entrepreneurship uh, aspiration that okay i want to do something big maybe it was to prove to my family maybe it was to prove to myself but i just wanted to do really well and make a name for myself so while i was working in the same company for about 3 years i had learned a lot i cherished the time i had there i realized that okay now is the time that i can step out it was really really difficult to make that decision because uh, parents initially weren't very supportive they were like you're working Obviously, from home yes. you're comfortable yeah. why do you need to quit the job you know you're getting a monthly salary why do you need to take the risk because then the you know pay would be very yes. inconsistent yes. it won't be predictable <laughs> so i was like no i got to do it i think about it every year i think about it every month that okay should i do it now should i do it now and there's always one of the other factors 
because oh me yeah. i'm getting a raise oh i'm you know going to go on this or yeah. i got to do this project but then i eventually decided this is it and i went ahead and i quit it the initial months were really hard you know trying to prove to my parents that this is the right decision while i'm working from home living under their roof right and then eventually it took up you know it went well and i think i'm doing well now okay and you mega what yeah, about you sure i have been a uh, very lucky <coughs> to land some great jobs i i worked with brands like hsbc premier citibank uh ministry of finance uh accenture management consulting uh, even though for short span of time cuz i wanted to uh you know make my own mistakes and learn from them i wanted to take risk i wanted to see what i can do rather than working for someone else i wanted to work for my own dreams cuz i knew somewhere that i have those potential that and i can do something great and even if i'm not able to go there at least i wouldn't be having any regrets that i have not tried and uh, i think that has been a major uh, you know turning point for me and uh, and while working uh, while these brands were great uh, it's always an entrepreneur who makes another entrepreneur Excellent. and while networking i met some of the amazing entrepreneurs fellow uh, you know uh, founders and uh, like last year also i visited iim campus in ahmedabad and that was an, again another turning point the kind of dedication the kind of passion i've seen in those founders the kind mm. of products they were building and uh, and the whole motivation i really decided that i should just take my bags and maybe shift here uh, because i just wanted to be around them yeah. but then i thought okay let me go back to delhi and maybe bring this energy there and that's when i started working with ichai and mm. the whole year there was no looking back we we did events we did workshop meetups with these founders every week talk about d2c fintech saas you name this industry we did that okay it was wonderful great. so while you girls made this transition at this very um, you know critical uh, age and stage where the dominant narrative in society and particularly the family is always shaadi karo shaadi karo you know all of <laughs> yeah, that so me. how did you combat that and what's your take on that chapter of your life oh man that this is going to take yeah. a lot but <laughs> i think this has been a very very ongoing thing in my family in particular i think uh, we come from like a banya background so we have this sort of a arranged marriage thing already set in inside our family so forget dating forget finding love for yourself it has to be a banya boy that you will marry right so they always they, my parents give me this much liberty that okay you tell us when do you want to get married right so my mom got married at 21 right my other sisters or cousins they are getting married at 23 22 so they asked me okay this is the time you should be getting yeah. married at this time so i told them no i want to focus on my career i want to build my business first and then so they eventually decided okay we'll you know give you a uh, some time you take your time just tell us when you are ready but you have to tell us right now no. that okay by this, by time, this time i'll be ready which is sort of i think uh, not fair in yeah. some sense how will i how tell you, you right tell now? now yeah exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. so i was given a timeline of 25 that okay. okay when you turn 25 that's when we'll start looking for boys for you uh-huh. by then you do go go do your career go uh-huh. focus on your career and uh-huh. build your business and all uh-huh. of that uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was one of the things yeah okay but then uh, meanwhile they did also try to introduce you to 
not yet not okay. yet i'm 24 Haan. we have had some difficult conversations that okay should we you know start and it's not just my family it's the extended family as yes. well right yes. you know your bua is saying or your tauji is saying that yeah. it's time it's or time, your nana ji is saying it's time i'm like why do they even care <laughs> it's me my <laughs> life and my marriage absolutely. right absolutely so absolutely. Uh, i i understand why my parents would care but why yeah, would they, oh, they care, care but yeah. it's all in yeah. the mix yeah so, somehow yeah. like a woman's virtue and her a woman's sort of the productivity of her body becomes the domain of everybody exactly right? so what about you mega so, what's been your experience? yeah so there has been a stereotype in india that you a woman has to be married by a certain age by she definitely has a child bearing age and yeah. uh, by the say she should be a mother and maybe a grandmother and uh, what not um and of course marriage is a hot topic <laughs> definitely <laughs> it i think it's in every household so i have friends from different part of the world since i've traveled a lot and i'm of course been outside and there's hardly any concept of arranged marriage there yeah. like yeah. it's they don't understand and relate to it how can you decide, decide. on choosing a life partner by someone arranging it for you like a right. contract yeah. or a deal or like yeah. it's not that easy as like signing an mou yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and uh, so see uh, but yes my family um, have been pretty supportive about it and um so i wouldn't be able to uh, to exactly say how it feels for girls who are you know maybe pressurized for it mm. uh, my family is cool uh, with it they they but understand but then there is also there is also one is the external narrative of family and society yeah. but there's also an internal narrative that women have right yeah which is the is body a, clock the time yeah. do i want to have kids at all do i want a, you know do i want a regular relationship and a romantic yeah. life all of that right yeah. because unfortunately those <laughs> yeah. years i think 20 to 35 every woman is either being asked those questions yeah. or thinking them for herself yeah exactly Isn't it? i think yeah. that has been one thing that has been going on in my head for the past couple years as well that okay maybe i should find a guy myself maybe i should start dating and maybe i'll find someone decent who my parents like as well right so it could work out but then this timeline keeps hitting me that okay but i need to be married by 25 so right. when will i find the guy when will right. i start dating when will sure. i marry I him think, um, so that whole thing plays in loop Yeah personally for me I don't think I would want to be changed uh, in in that kind of stereotype I think when the time is right when the person is right and your values are aligned and uh, you can be an accelerator to each other's growth rather than putting pulling each other yeah. down yeah. Yeah. I feel that's when you know and I think what we are doing currently is building something and uh, we are building a career we are building a life of our own and it is so important to choose a partner who has similar kind of uh, because that's the whole idea of exactly. having a life partner you can go in together right. and and push each other for growth so I really don't know when it's going to happen but I think when when it will happen I will let you know and maybe invite <laughs> you over for sure <laughs> so let's see so yeah so um in this whole script of you know the permissions that society gives to women and the permissions that we give ourselves or we don't give ourselves like in my generation and in yours there has been a change right i mean sure. when i see like my mother's generation my generation and then you know now my daughter so of course women have started 
giving themselves a lot more permission and a lot more uh, flexibility in how they see themselves mentally. But somehow the men have not done that, right? Yeah. So how do you see yourself in the next 10 years or whatever as your business grows, as you evolve as a woman? What would you hope that changes in the, the psyche of men? To facilitate you i think the best change that we do need which is not often seen i have not seen it in our families or even the new couples or people who are you know getting married or stuff like that is the equal responsibilities being shared so right. uh, equal responsibilities being shared at home uh, shared work wise so you know the females are also working and the males are also helping at home at all of the work and everything is you know uh, half and half it goes hand in hand with each other they're supporting right. each other and right. growing with each other I think that is something that I would want to you know have that change in every part I think some parts there has been so if you will see in if we talk about Delhi in the South Delhi area or in the Gurgaon area I think that is very prominent that people are very uh, open and very supportive but towards the area in which I am living, North Delhi, or if we talk about East Delhi, there are still a lot of families in which women are just sitting at home or maybe working from home and handling all the house responsibilities as well, handling the kids as well, while the men, you know, just have to do their work. So I think in COVID, um, Megha, it, yeah. it, you know, a lot of uh, things that were not highlighted so much yeah. came yeah. up. Yes. So the men also, because everyone was at home, the men also saw from their, their own experience the amount of hard work that is just, you know, piled on the, the women, the invisible labor. They did also contribute yeah. over COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the narratives, even post-COVID, now how, you know, everything has sort of gone back to normal and we are all kind of everyone's forgetting about COVID, I think the lessons learned have also been forgotten. Right? Exactly. And I personally feel, Nivedita, by the way, it's a wonderful question. Uh, down the line, 10 years, 20 years, or for the rest of my life, I mean, the one change I would really want to see is, uh, you know, removing all the barriers of the stereotype uh, you know, conditioning we have in our society, like men are not supposed to cry or men are not supposed to be vulnerable or men are not affected. Oh, come on, you're a guy. It's okay. I mean, you stop crying like a girl or, you know, people try to make them feel like, oh, you're two women or feminine if yeah. you are expressive or if you are going to be vulnerable or even if you choose to be a homemaker. Oh, come on. That is a role that is given to, uh, you know, women. Maybe sometimes, you know, during our like COVID was an example you know in our entire growth of uh, you know growth years our journey things go up and down sometimes it's the women who will take the hit sometimes it's the men who, who will probably lose their job and it's so I think it should be okay for their partners to work meanwhile they find what they want to do in their life and meanwhile if they are the one taking care of the children or maybe cooking or maybe we taking care of the house it should be normalized rather than laughing at them that hey what is this now you know you know this is a very yeah. you know women oriented thing so I think I would want to see that kind of equality in India I think it's especially uh, it's already there in western yeah. countries and I really appreciate that but in India we have still a far uh, journey to cover for that so that is the one change I would want to see 
and uh, also i think there is still a certain um, hypocrisy in our society who which still sort of promotes different standards for men and yeah. different standards for women because yeah. uh, when you talk about a man's uh, you know qualities and qualifications you're still talking in terms of career position how much they are yes. earning or yes. whatever but when you're talking about a woman's identity you're still talking in terms of appearance her you're still talking in yes. terms of you know her domestic capabilities and or her values and her, her, her values and, yeah. and, and all of that so um somewhere the burden of the so called family values yeah uh, needs to shift in society yeah so sure. that you know so that uh, th- there's a more equitable um, exactly. you know ecosystem right so what if you had to what would be your message to a generation uh say your parents generation who are also hopefully uh, <laughs> watching the show to figure yeah. out what the younger generation is thinking yes. uh so what would be your message to them in terms of the kind of pressure that they put their children through i think uh they have been uh there has been a lot of pressure as well but they have been aligned in that sort of way because of their upbringing right so changing it all together breaking it all together at once is very difficult for them as well but they should be open to understanding and adapting slowly mm-hmm. so basically sitting with their child or sitting with their children and trying to understand what they're going through their problems or just day to day as well you know how was your day or all of that and just being a part of it without being judgmental about it and without you know imposing stuff over it that okay you you should not be doing that or you should not be going out unless until you know they're doing something wrong that's of course there but i think the control thing has to stop somewhere trying mm-hmm. to control their lives in the narrative that they want to live or maybe in the narrative that they want their children to live in what do you say mega uh, yeah i think the biggest win uh, for parents is when their child is able to communicate what they feel without any fear without any judgment and yeah. we, when they can be really friends with you because after a particular age uh children and parent their relationship actually gets complicated because of this preconceived notion of society uh, and so many other factors and i think once you cross that barrier and become friends with your child and if you are if your child is feeling safe to discuss yeah. whether it's a conversation about choosing a career or maybe coming out about your sexuality or or maybe any decision of their life without any fear or judgment i think that is the greatest message and also um i'm not a parent yet but i personally feel that whenever you have to parent your child maybe in future of course um it's so important to teach your boy and girl to have similar values similar ethics similar kind of uh, responsibility so that in future they become an asset not a liability to any in other any way, person yeah. yeah exactly yeah so it's basically more conversations less control right exactly. because because your parents generation and even my generation <laughs> grew up with so much control and there was no conversations at exactly. all exactly building that so safe space say, is yeah, important yeah absolutely yeah. and um what would you say to children because while it's very easy to criticize the older the parent, generation yeah, of course uh, there is a certain um truth in the criticism of that course. 
the next generation and the younger generation is also hugely more entitled yeah um they have absolutely no fears yeah. and while that is a great thing but you know a certain amount of healthy fear is also important. teaches you how much to push and no further so you learn also within that yeah. you know environment of feeling just a little bit okay i have to do this yeah so you know that that whip of being disciplined yeah. within a certain yeah. thing is also something the younger generation doesn't really have so what would your advice be to I cultivate think, that i think to children the top advice would be to look at things from their parents perspective as well where are they coming from try to understand that they might be restricting you because they are worried they might be restricting you because they're trying to protect you it might not be because you know they yeah. just want to bully you or yeah. they don't want you to have fun or they do, don't want yeah. you to go out right. it just might be out of love out of protection out of your safe well being and all of that so they should try to see things from their perspective as well and try to reassure them in the best way possible yeah so advice for children i think there's a thin line between uh, fear and respect so more than fear i think instead of fearing the parents you should respect them enough to trust them which is the second factor trust if you can take that leap of faith and trust your parents and have that relationship with them you would know that sometimes the decisions they are taking for you maybe for your own good which maybe you are not seeing able to see right now but maybe if you look at the bigger picture so i think that kind of respect and trust is everything once these two factors are there um i don't think there is any Uh, stopping to that uh, in 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 for a beautiful relationship i think that brings us back to that point i think we've all had in our lives when our mom will be like i don't like that friend of yours they don't give me the good vibe but you're like why is she not liking my friend i love my friend they are great and all mm. of that and eventually you find out okay she was right yeah <laughs> right yeah. we've it all had that moment yeah, in our life right. right so we find that out eventually so yeah. i think we should try to look at things from there i should have listened to you yeah, i should have listened to right. you it's a told you so <laughs> we moment we have our top moments yeah, yeah, and exactly. all that yeah, yeah. correct so um in the age of social media and in the age of um entrepreneurship in in the age of social media uh as young women there is this whole question of what is personal what is public and what is professional right so there are the three yeah. p's mm-hmm. so how do you negotiate the three p's and what is your mantra for okay this is how i function Sure. uh i think personally social media has been the only game changer for my business i have grown my whole business via instagram itself from the beginning of the year i was nowhere around in december or november last year but uh, being on instagram and presenting my work online presenting myself online building a personal brand has helped me a lot like to grow my business overall so the whole idea i have been often debating it inside my head okay how much should i be sharing or should i be sharing yes. this much right yes. okay i'm posting a picture of my morning coffee okay i'm posting where i'm heading right now is it safe enough is it cool enough before you know posting yes. a screenshot of a chat we're hiding the number you know will yes. people insistently start calling yeah. us you yeah. know if i'm working from home i'm not a, i don't find it safe to put my home address on my website of right course. that okay this is where the official 
address of the businesses although it is the same place right so right. there are a lot of things we have to keep in mind and then in the social media space there is always that parity uh, as well when men think it's easier for women to grow their business on social media as compared to men because they can just show, show off their, their looks, looks yeah. yeah so they can just grab attention via their looks which ha- which is a huge misconception Absolutely. or even if even if that's happening it's because of the men only Right? <laughs> right so why are we getting the views it's yeah. because the men are men watching are those watching. videos yeah, exactly right. right so i'll hear this a lot okay she's just dancing in front of the camera for her reels uh-huh. and now she's an influencer and she's earning yeah. you know thousands or whatever in lakhs she's earning so i'm like why don't you dance then huh. you know why are you ridiculing her why are you trying to make fun of her yeah. why don't you give it a shot why don't you try there's so many men who are already doing it yeah they're doing so well in their you know career right. and they've earned a lot so why are you trying to be judgmental over her why are you trying to ridicule yeah. her oh. just give it a shot yourself yeah i think that's <laughs> there always so what do you feel mega in the age of social media your social imprints are everywhere it's becoming harder day by day to keep your privacy intact even the celebrities are not uh, you know yeah, safe exactly. from it it just take one video it just take you know someone to record one clip of yours and make it viral exactly. if you're having let's say a party or maybe a vulnerable moment so so i think it's very important to keep a balance i what i have been doing for myself is i understood that i have to position myself as an entrepreneur on social media so i have been working on my social media co- accounts you know as uh, accordingly that ways but i feel uh, when it comes about privacy uh, i would want to be a private person i would uh, not want my private conversation to go all over social media because then you feel breached yeah, yeah. you feel that you you're violated violated your privacy is violated so i think this is one request i will have from people also to have that kind of mindset when up some when someone is saying leave them be you should totally leave them be uh, even though it's not really uh, viable so yeah. much at yeah. most of the time but i think uh, personal professional and public you say yeah. one should definitely know how to conduct themselves when you are in a public space of course uh, you can totally control what is in your hand exactly. not what is not so rather than focusing on what i cannot do or what other people are going to do i would focus on what things i can do uh, personally yes uh, i i love to have a non negotiable time with my family i i like to uh, you know work on myself my own personal growth and professionally i knew that okay if i have to appear somewhere or go as for, for my meetings this is a, there is a certain way i have to conduct my, myself and of course on social social media also you have to take care of certain things so as far as uh, you know coming to uh, the end of our uh, thing i wanted to just ask about this big issue of mental health uh, you know now being a big concern among a lot of young people and mm. particularly in the entrepreneurial ecosystem where there are no fixed um, you know the expectations are also wobbly the deliverables are also wobbly right and um, you know there's a lot more going on internally than probably that is visible externally yeah, right absolutely so what what do you feel contributes or what are the factors that contribute to maintaining a good mental health internally and keeping yourself sane I think okay. entrepreneurship overall is a very lonely journey 
and especially uh, I personally for me it has been lonely because you start I started off working from home so I don't have colleagues around me I don't have people around me so channeling via social media building my own circles building my own group group of powerful women who are doing the same thing or you know connecting with other people has been really really helpful and at the same time I think everyone should be in therapy <laughs> because I think that helps a lot so uh, getting into therapy if you are an entrepreneur or just having a mindset coach or a business coach which I have recently jumped into so basically we work on business mindset and entrepreneurial mindset a lot so you know what what is the way we should be thinking how should we be you know the whole mindset how it should work how should we should function that helps a lot building your own schedules and working on your own time not working around the clock all of that I think contributes to having a better mental yeah, health. Yeah, in fact, I think a lot of uh, people are now getting into the coaching practice yeah. and being business coaches, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So what is your take on this, Megha? See, my take on this is, Nivedita, entrepreneurs are leaders and while we lead in our workspace, while we lead in all the other area of professionalism, I think it's so important to lead uh, you know and keep your mind body and soul in sync uh, because it's it's the mental health which is everything we are getting burnt out very easily because there's a constant pressure of meeting the deadlines you know of expecting uh, of, of fulfilling all the expectations and it's very natural to go insane in this whole insane industry yeah. where everyone is like having this race and being so competitive there's a cutthroat competition so uh for what has worked for me personally is i i meditate every day in the morning without fail uh, and i think meditation is a way to go about it also try to keep yourself moving because uh, entrepreneurship sometimes get very sedentary yeah. and we do not take we, because again the stereotype entrepreneurs yeah. are nerdies and yeah. Yeah. you know you can be unfit you don't have to look that good i think you have to look good not for others but for yourself to yeah. feel good uh, you know to feel good in your skin it's so important and um so meditate for me swimming also work as meditate like I end my day uh, by swimming it's like unwinding myself and under the water I feel so good it's like connect when you work out you connect with yourself so it's so important to find time for working out uh, you can even use those stretches in between your uh, you know yeah, work routine, meetings yeah. and routine besides also take care of your diet because yeah. what you are what you eat yeah. So, um, you know, have a clean diet. It's not that we don't have slides or slip-offs. We do, definitely. But it's important to to have a check on what you are eating, what you are putting inside that body of yours. And if there is anything, I think rather than suppressing it, talk about it and try to sort it out whether with a family member or a therapist or a friend that is your choice and your comfort level yeah. and I but I feel it's so important to communicate especially for male entrepreneurs because women as women we are very more much conscious we are yeah. more confi confident more also in talking our th you know thoughts with other women men are not you know men are supposed to be in a particular frame uh, of uh, you know yeah. of, this men is how they are yeah, they're defined so yeah. I think it is so important men are not uh, not to burn themselves to talk things out and take a break when you think you're burning out take a break it's okay to take a break for yeah. like once in a while you will be able to recharge yourself being a little easier on ourselves absolutely yeah. absolutely yes yeah. so thank you so much both of you it's been very lovely having you and very lovely 
talking about a whole range of things and i hope you've enjoyed yourselves yeah i loved it being here just, and it's such an honor you yeah. know then it was wonderful to meet you yashita yeah, as well likewise likewise me i think i had a great time this was my first experience but it was amazing thank, thank you so you. much nivedita for giving me this chance yeah thank you thank you